Hey everyone, this is Stephen Overbaugh and you're listening to my podcast right now. Thank you for joining me. I'm excited for what the Lord is going to say and do during this time that we have together today. And I would encourage you to get your Bible out and look at the scriptures along with me. Get notes out or your notepaper out and pen and make notes and study the th- right along with me the things that we're looking at. I'm excited because the Lord always shows himself. He manifests himself and reveals his word to us. Not only that, but the Holy Ghost manifests himself. And we need to get excited every single time we open up the word of God. Because remember, the scripture said in Psalms chapter 119, verse 105, your word is a lamp unto my feet, and it's a light unto my path. And then in Psalms 119 and verse 130, the scripture says the entrance of thy word giveth light. And so every time we open up the word of God, light comes. Light comes comes. Can you say amen? And so we're going to look at the word of God today. We were last time looking at the scripture on joy and counting it all joy. That's what we were talking about. Counting it all joy. And, you know, we're living in very serious times, very dangerous times. And people are being tempted to be fearful and people are confused and people are way, are wandering and, and being wayward and people are falling and people don't know what to do and we're living in dark evil days and in the midst of it all the lord has given us direction the lord has given his church direction on what to be doing during this time the church should not be deviating to the right or to the left not going in the direction of man, not drawing back, not pulling back, not being afraid, but the church should be pressing forward. We're to, we have direction and we have instruction from the word of God on what to do during trying times. We should be walking in the light of the word. We should be following and obeying what the word has to say. We should stay full of the Holy Ghost and, and go out and be doing the works of Jesus. And for ourselves personally, in difficult and trying times, when we find ourselves, you know, facing a test and trial, we need to be counting it all joy. Amen. And so we're going to look at the scripture today. Look at James chapter 1. And we're going to look at the second verse. And I'm reading out of a King James translation. I'd encourage you to use the same translation as me so you can follow right along. And so in James chapter 1, verse 2, it says, My brethren... Count it all joy. Now, when the scripture says, my brethren, I'll just throw this in for free, talking about the body of Christ, both male and female. Actually, in Christ, according to the scripture, we are all sons of God. Jesus is the son of God. And in Christ, where his body, we are sons of God. And that's how the scripture refers to us. The scripture refers to us as sons of God, male and female. The scripture refers to us as brethren, male and female. And so when the scripture talks about that or refers to us that way, you can know that that's for both both male and female. And so the scripture says here, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. 
But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. And so he said here in verse 2, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Notice the scripture said when you fall into diverse temptations. It didn't say if. It didn't say count it all joy if you fall into diverse temptations, although that would apply. But I'm no, I want you to notice that the scripture says when you fall into diverse temptations. Now, it didn't say that you're falling into sin. The scripture didn't say you're falling in defeat. It didn't say you're falling to destruction. No, he said you fall when you fall into diverse temptations. And that word diverse temptations literally means, there's a footnote in my Bible, means various trials. So we could read it that way. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations or various trials. So every single one of us from time to time is going to fall into temptation. Or in other words, we're going to face temptation. We're going to face trials. We're going to fall into these things, not into the sin, not into destruction or defeat, but fall into a trial. And we've talked about it before, you've heard me teach it, that the reason we find ourselves in a trial, a test, is for different reasons. Number one, because of where we're at, where we live, proximity. Jesus said in John 16, 33, in the world you'll have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. But notice Jesus, and I believe the words of Jesus, don't you? Jesus doesn't lie. Jesus said in the world, you will have tribulation. So we will, we can understand and know and recognize that in the world there is trials and temptations. There is tribulation because of proximity. Another reason why we find ourselves in trials and temptations is because of the enemy, because of Satan. Because Satan comes to, to afflict us or to bring spiritual attacks against us, the body of Christ. I'm thinking of the scripture in Mark chapter 4, talks about different things that would arise for the word's sake, because the scripture said the sower sows the word. And it said that in one of those situations, the parable that Jesus taught, that affliction and persecution would arise for the word's sake. And so see, affliction, those are spiritual attacks from the enemy. And they come against the word. And they come against those who stand for the word. And then persecution comes from people. People persecute people. Remember what Jesus said to Saul before he became Paul on the road to Damascus. He said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And if you'll, we don't have time to teach on it, but if you'll go back in the scriptures, you'll find every single place where it talks about persecution. It's talking about attacks from people because people bring persecution. And the enemy brings affliction. And affliction, these are spiritual attacks from the enemy. And that is why we find ourselves in a trial and test from time to time because the enemy is bringing these things against the body of Christ, trying to stop them, trying to stop the word trying to hinder what God is trying to do. Amen. Another reason why we would find ourselves in a trial or a temptation is because 
we ourselves are in disobedience and we open the door to tests and trials and, and things that were needless. But we don't have time to teach on that, but that's another thing. But the point I wanted to make here was that there are, there are different reasons why we find ourselves in these trying times. But the word is always the answer, amen? The word always gives us an answer. And it has answers for every single one of us. It has solutions. It has the light on how to get out and how to come through. It brings victory every single time. The answer, and we're looking at it here in James chapter 1, verse 2. It said, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, various trials. Now, you notice that the scripture says, count it all joy. James here said, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Why would he say count it all joy? Because you're not always going to feel like being joyful. You're not always going to feel like you are joyful. In fact, most of the time, if not all the time, when you're in a trial, when you're in a test, you're not going to feel joy at all. But that's why you got to count it all joy. Because it's not about a feeling. Count it all joy is a decision made in faith. And counting it all joy, that's a faith statement. Because you've made a decision, I will be joyful in the midst of trials and temptations. So you're not always going to feel it. And we have to understand that joy is spiritual. It's a fruit of our human spirit. Joy can come up from the inside of us, in our, out of our spirit man, the real us, the inward man, the inner man of the heart, like Peter said. And that's where it resides. Remember in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, the scripture says, And the fruit of the Spirit is love, and it is joy. So notice that it's a fruit of your human spirit. It's not fruit which the Holy Ghost bears. The Holy Ghost doesn't bear fruit. The Holy Ghost doesn't bear fruit. No, the scripture said in John chapter 15 that Jesus is the vine. I, Jesus said, I'm the true vine. My father is the branch. So, so the, the life source comes from the vine. Amen. And so fruit doesn't grow off the vine. It grows off of the branches. And the scripture says, ye are the branches in John chapter 15. Looking at verse 1 and verse 2. You are the branches. And so the Holy Ghost doesn't bear fruit because fruit doesn't grow off the vine. No, we bear fruit. And so joy is a fruit, according to Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, a fruit of our human spirit. And so it's within us. And so now looking at this scripture in James chapter 1, verse 2, it says, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. In other words, you need to be acting in faith upon those things which are on the inside of you. You need to be responding in faith with the joy that's on the inside of you. Because when you are joyful, when you have joy or you count it all joy in the midst of a trial, that's your faith working. It's available to you. It's within you. And you can bring it out and cause it to come and work in the situation that you're in by faith. 
like I said, you're not always going to count or not always feel joyful. You're not always going to feel like you have joy, but that's when you got to count it all joy. That's when you got to count it all joy by faith. Notice when you fall in the diverse temptations or various trials. And so you see, it's when the trials and the temptations come that that's when you got to be using your joy all the more. Now, this is something that's not talked about very much in the body of Christ today. It's not taught very much from the pulpits of America or anywhere in the world for that matter. There's not a whole lot of emphasis or teaching or preaching on the subject of joy. And yet, it's such an important part of our walk with the Lord. It's such an important part of our spiritual walk and our spiritual development. And it's throughout the word. It's, it's a major part of the kingdom of God. The Lord has given us joy to help us come through every single test and every single trial. And the Lord, not only has he given it to us, but he expects us to be joyful in the midst of a trial or temptation. Can you say amen? You know, we sometimes make the excuse that I have a right to feel the way that I do. I have a right to be upset. I have a right to be discouraged because of what I'm going through. I, I know that a lot of us feel that way from time to time. I felt that way. Many of us feel that way. Make excuses thinking we have the right to live and, and act the way we are because times are tough, because I'm going through something hard, because I've been hurt or whatever the case may be. And we make excuses and say we have a right to feel that way. And according, But according to the word, we don't have a right. No, actually, the, the word tells us what we should be doing. And the word clearly states that when we are facing trials and temptations of various kinds, of diverse kinds or various types of trials and temptations, because there are different kinds, there are various types, that we have a responsibility, according to the word of God, to count it all joy. That's what the Lord expects from us. You know, we don't have an excuse to be discouraged. We don't have an excuse to be worried. We don't have an excuse to be upset and angry in sin. Notice I said in sin because the scripture says be, be angry and sin not. Most of, the pe- most of the time when people get angry, they get in sin because they open their mouth and start saying the wrong thing. But it said here that we're supposed to be counting it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations or various trials. There are various types of trials that we'll face in life. There are different kinds of tests and trials that we will face in life. But the answer is always the same. It's the word of God. It's the truth that's found in the word of God. And in the midst of every single trial, trial, no matter what it is that we're facing, joy will bring you through. Count it all joy. Count it all joy. Now I want you to notice verse 3. Look at verse 3. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. See, this is one thing that should be bringing joy to us. And this is what... Um, the apostle James was talking about. He said, you can know this, you can be confident of this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. 
See, a lot of times people think I'm being tried. I'm being tested. I'm being attacked. Why is this happening to me? Well, in a way, it's true. That's partially true, but there's, it, there's more to it than that. It's not just you in and of yourself that's being attacked. It's what you carry that's being attacked. It's what you carry that's being afflicted. It's what you hold that's being afflicted. It's the trying of your faith that's under attack. See, your faith, the enemy hates what it is, the, what the faith that you carry. He hates the fact that you believe God's word. He hates the fact that you live by the word of God. And so he's doing everything in his power to try to afflict and stop that and hinder that. Bringing as many various or as many trials as he can against that. And so it's the trying of your faith. Notice the trying of your faith. And James said, you can count it all joy because you can know this, the trying of your faith worketh patience. A footnote of my Bible says, develops patience. And that's another one of those fruits of the Spirit that Paul was talking about in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. The fruit of the Spirit is love. It's joy, peace, long-suffering. Notice, long-suffering, which is also patience. Patience can be developed. Now, if you're like me, then, or a lot, I'm sure a lot of people feel this way, patience is not always a strong point, yet it is a, stru- a fruit of our human spirit. You know, we don't really have a right to be impatient in life. Actually, when we want to receive anything from God, it takes faith and patience. Faith and patience work together. And again, we don't have time to teach on it, but if you go back through the New Testament, you'll find that faith and patience are being mentioned are mentioned together. And they work together. It's faith in the promises of God, believing what the Word of God says, and then having patience in the midst of that faith while you're walking in faith, waiting for the promises of God to manifest. Now, let me be clear on this. We're not waiting for it to manifest because it has to happen because in Christ all the promises of God are yes and amen he's already accomplished his work it's a finished work in Christ but in faith and in patience we're waiting or we're we're expecting those things to manifest in our lives personally they belong to us and they're manifesting in our lives personally but we have to we have to recognize that it belongs to us now. See, faith is now, but faith is also patient. And so knowing this, he said, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. Worketh or develops patience. Patience can be developed. Patience must be developed in our life. We have to learn to be patient in life. Through faith in patience, the scripture said, we inherit the promises of God. Hallelujah. You know, when you're believing God for something, whatever it may be, we need you need to remember that, that God sees our faith, but he also sees our patience. And it's not patience when we're frustrated about the timing. It's not patience when we're trying to rush things or trying to 
trying to get somewhere sooner than where we're at. No, we need to stand in faith and in patience and and maintain our faith in patience. And then we can inherit what God has provided for us. Notice verse 4, let patience have her perfect work in you. Actually, the word her was a, is italicized in the King James Bible, which means it was added by the translator for clarity. But literally, it says here in verse 4, let patience have perfect work or complete work in you that you may be perfect or mature and entire, or that word means finished, wanting or lacking nothing. Let patience have perfect work in you that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Wanting nothing. Can we get to a place in life where we don't want for anything? Where we don't want for anything? Yes, God wants us, every single one of his children, to get to the place that they, sh- they will not want or have want in their life. Remember the scripture said in Psalms chapter 23, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I shall not want. And we can understand this, that the Lord supplies all of our needs. He supplies all of our wants. There should never be a time in our life when we want for anything. Why? Because God, the Lord, is our shepherd. And the shepherd always provides and meets our needs. There is no want. There's no wants in Christ naturally or spiritually. But notice, let patience have perfect work in you that you may be perfect in entire wanting nothing. You have to let patience, you have to work in you. You have to let patience develop. You have to grow in these things. See, these are all things that have been imparted to us. The fruits of righteousness the fruits of the spirit of our human spirit they're imparted to us when we came into Christ faith patience love joy these are all things that have been put into us imparted to us and yet we still have to develop in these things we still have to mature in these things we still have to cultivate these things in our life if we let those things lay dormant and never use them and never feed on the word of god in regards to these subjects will not grow will not develop and we'll, we'll find ourselves wanting and struggling in life. And it's true concerning this subject that we're talking on. When we find ourselves in diverse temptations or various trials, if we're not developed in joy, if we're not developed in faith, then we're going to find or we'll feel like the trial and the test is, is just overwhelmingly hard. But if we get to the place where we develop in faith, and we develop in joy, and we develop in patience, and we continue to to grow and and get stronger in these areas, then the trials and the temptations will not seem as massive as they they would have been if we weren't. In other words, they'll be minimized in our life, and God will be magnified. And it's faith in God, faith, our faith, that can magnify God and exalt God and when we exalt and magnify God it diminishes the work of the enemy see 
You can either magnify God or you can magnify the trial and the enemy. And if you're, magnif- if you're, if you're constantly talking about the enemy and talking about the trial, talking about how bad it is, talk about how hard it is, talk about how much it hurts, talk about how, how, how difficult it is, talk about how, you're not com- how you just don't know what to do. That's constantly magnifying that thing because you're talking about it all the time. And see, when you magnify those things, God becomes smaller in your life. Can God be bigger or smaller in your life? Yes, by the words of your mouth. God can be as big or as small as you make him in your life. But see, when we talk about how big God is, when we talk about how awesome God is, when we talk about how faithful God is, how how he has brought us through time and time again, we continue to exalt and magnify God. We make him big and we make the trial and the test small in our life. See, we're talking about developing. We're talking about counting it all joy. And we're talking about growing in faith. And see, this is how you can come through every single trial and every single storm. And see, when you come through a trial or a test, you're developing. You're growing in faith. You're developing in patience. That's what, Paul, or that's what James said here in verse 3. Knowing this, the trying of your faith worketh patience, develops patience. So we can get stronger and stronger in this. And so, again, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, various trials. We need to train ourselves to always respond with the word of God first. We need to get to the place in our life where we always respond with the word of God first. When we are attacked, when we are where when we are facing something or something is coming against us, we should always respond first with what the word has to say. And we should always train ourselves in life to ask ourselves the question in our life, what does the word say about this? What does the word say about this situation? What does the word say about this question that I have? What does the word say about this thing I'm facing? And if, we, if you don't know, or we don't know, we should go back and find out and respond with that. But see, we ought to train ourselves to respond with the word first and only. See, a lot of times people go to each other and they'll ask, well, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? What are you going to do about this? Or what are you going to do about that? And people naturally, and without really thinking about it, because we haven't been taught correctly, they just respond with their own opinions or their own ideas or what they have learned, their experience. Well, I think we should do this, or I, I think we should do that. When really, in reality, if we're going to be doers of the word, we ought to be responding with, well, what the word? What does the word say? What does the word say we should be doing here? I should not be giving my opinion to you all the time. What I think, what I've got figured out. No, I should be giving you what the word says what the word has to say. I should be responding with that. We should get to the place in life where we and train ourselves to where we always respond with the word first. As somebody said, well, how can you be so dogmatic? How can you be so stubborn for that? You can't always respond. Yes, you can. That's the only answer that I have. That's the only answer that we should have. 
I don't, and you know, honestly, people are going to think you're weird. They're going to persecute you for it. But the word should be the final authority in our lives. And if people don't like it, if people don't like that we're constantly responding with the word and living out of the word, that's because they're carnal or they're fleshly or they're not even saved. But that should not change how we live. We can have victory in our life. We can have blessing in our life. We can enjoy the purpose of God and the, and the fruitfulness of God and the light of God. And we can walk in higher levels of glory if we'll maintain a foundation on the word of God. We'll continue to stand on the word of God and not be moved and stand and speak God's word only. Hallelujah. And so James said, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations and trials, various trials. Count it all joy. Now joy, again, we talked about it. Galatians chapter 5 verse 22 says it's a fruit of our human spirit. The fruit of the spirit is love. And then the scripture said it is joy. So we know that it's a fruit that grows off of our human spirit. Because we've been born again. Because we're children of God. And so it's a fruit of my spirit. It is something that has been imparted to me. God's joy has been imparted to me just as much as his love has been imparted to me and shed abroad or poured out in my heart. Well, his joy has been put or placed and imparted to my spirit as well. And like I said, joy is spiritual. It's not an emotion. It's not happy. It's not an emotional feeling. It's not just happiness like the world knows it because emotions are based on circumstances. But joy is a spiritual I want to say it's like a spiritual force. It's anointing. It carries with it anointing. And it's joy that comes from God himself. Do you think that God is upset or sad or discouraged or worried or confused? Or do you think that God is, is just offended at people? No, no, God is full of love because, and he is love. The scripture says God is love, but God is full of joy. God has imparted his joy to us. He is full of joy and he's imparted it to us. The scripture says that he sits in the heavens and laughs and joy, God's kind of joy. You know, we can talk, we talk about and teach on the God kind of love, which is agape. The God kind of peace, which is shalom. The God kind of faith. We talk about all these things. Well, there is a God kind of joy that can lift us and bring us through every single temptation and trial in life. Somebody said, well, is this, will this work in every single situation? Yes. But like I said, we've not been taught properly like we should. It's not been talked about enough like it should be. People don't look at the word on the subject like they should. They don't realize how significant and how powerful the joy of the Lord is. The scripture said in Nehemiah chapter 8 verse 10, the joy of the Lord is our strength. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. It's strength from within. It's strength from the throne of God. 
imparted to my spirit. It's strength that brings me through every single trial and test and storm. And if we'll yield to joy on the inside, if we'll follow and yield to what is on the inside, it will bring us through every single time. And not only that, it will bring us into a different perspective on how things should look. Because things, again, can look really bad in our life or they can be put in their proper place, which is under your feet. Oh, this is just another opportunity. This is just another opportunity to prove that God's word works. Every single test, every single trial, we ought to look at it as another opportunity to prove that God's word works. And that it'll bring me through. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Now, joy is revealed in word and in deed. Joy is revealed in word and in deed. So we find joy and can receive joy. And we're talking, remember, we're talking about joy is spiritual. It's not an emotion, but it's spiritual. It's of the Lord. It's of the Spirit. Joy can be found. We can uh, glean or receive joy through his word. Remember what the prophet said, Jeremiah, your words were found and I did eat them. And they were the joy and rejoicing of my heart. You know, I can tell you from my personal life and testimony and experience that every time I get into the word, I find joy and I find peace. I remember years ago, I was really discouraged about something going on in the uh, government. There was a Supreme Court ruling that took place. And this was back, oh, I believe it was back in um, 2016. And there was a Supreme Court ruling that took place and it was very evil. They ruled in favor of a certain group of people that was just it, very sinful. And, and it was the decision and the ruling was opposed to the word of God. And it basically was a slap in the face of God. And it dishonored the word and it dishonored us as a Christian nation. And anyways, I was really discouraged about it, really upset. And, you know, it's easy for us to fret about evildoers and what people are doing that is evil. What evildoers are doing, what, what evil is being done in the world today. That's what I was trying to say. It's really easy for us to fret about those things. But again, we don't we may think we have a right to be upset and to get out of faith and get out into sin and get in discouragement, but we don't. I went and separated myself. I took a drive up in the woods. I always like to separate myself. I remember Jesus did that a lot. He the scripture said that at many times in his ministry he separated himself from the people and went up in a mountain to pray. Well, I went up in the woods and I went to pray. And I got all the way up there. I took my Bible with me and I started to talk to the Lord about how angry I was at what had happened. And, you know, when we're angry, we start to take things out on people. And I was taking my upset and frustration out on different people. And I got up there and I started talking to the Lord about it. And then I started to open his word. I got into the, the word. And I got over into Psalms chapter 37 and just started to read and it started to lift my spirit because I started to get heaven's perspective once again. I saw 
We said, fret not yourself because of evildoers. Neither of him who prospers in the way, he shall be cut down like the grass, and so on and so forth. And, you know, I was just reading the chapter along and talking to the Lord. And, but out of his word came joy. I got joyful about what the Lord had to say about evildoers and what the word had to say about evil days. I got excited about and I started to receive and glean joy out of the word of God. And it lifted my spirit. Well, see, that is what the word can do for us. It can bring joy in our lives. And like I said, that's just one example, but there's so many times where I've gotten into the Word and I've gotten joy out of it. The Lord has imparted His joy to us, but also within His anointed Word is joy. And when we open the Word of God, we see His Word. Notice, we call it the Word of God because it's God's Word spoken to me. And His Word carries with it joy. And so His joy is in His Word. And so I like I said, can tell you, I've had so many opportunities where when I opened the word of God, it brought joy to my life. And his and joy is revealed in word. And it's also re- revealed in deed. Deed. And so I want you to look at Romans chapter 14 real quickly. Romans chapter 14. Look at the 17th verse. It says, for the kingdom of God. Notice what we're talking about here. The kingdom of God. This is everything to do with the kingdom of God. There is the kingdom of the world. And there's different nations and kingdoms in the world. But then there is the kingdom of God. And I'm a part of that kingdom. How about you? And I like to remind myself that I'm of a kingdom that shall stand and not be moved. No matter what. Everything in life is being shaken. Everything in the world is being tested and shaken and things are falling apart. Nations are being shaken. Nations are being made more and more weak. Leaders in the, of these nations are being made more and more weak. And darkness is, is sweeping through the land. And now that sounds like a message of doom and gloom, but we need to recognize that it's absolutely the truth that this is what's going on in the last days. In the last days, perilous times shall come, Paul said to Timothy. In the last days, the Spirit speaketh expressly that some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits, doctrines of devils. All of these things are going to be going on. That's not a message of doom and gloom. We need to recognize what's going on and be aware of it. Not surprised by it. But see, even though all these things are going on, even though everything is being shaken, yet we're a part of the kingdom of God which shall stand forever. Hallelujah. The kingdom of God will stand forever. And so it says here in verse 17, the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. But what is the kingdom of God? It is righteousness. We've had a lot of teaching on righteousness, especially in faith circles, Word of Faith churches and and Word of Faith camp, talked a lot about righteousness and how we, he, he was made or Jesus was made to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ, first or second Corinthians chapter five, verse 21. 
So we've been taught a lot about righteousness, how we've been made right in God's sight, how we have right standing with God. And we've rejoiced over righteousness. We've been blessed over righteousness. And we have enjoyed the the knowledge and the revelation of the word that I am made righteousness in God's sight. And we have had a, a lot of teaching along those lines and learned a lot and been well grounded in that subject. And then it says the kingdom of God is peace. And we've had a lot of good teaching on peace and we've been well grounded in peace for the most part. Glory be to God that his peace, which passes all understanding, will keep our hearts and minds. That the peace of God let it rule and reign in your heart. And you know, we've had a lot of great teaching and, and study and understanding and what been well grounded in the subject of the peace of God. And it's of the kingdom, amen? But the kingdom of God is something else. The kingdom of God is righteousness and peace. We've talked a lot about those things. And then it says it's joy in the Holy Ghost. Joy in the Holy Ghost. Like I said, we've talked a lot about righteousness and peace, but there hasn't been a whole lot of teaching on the subject of joy in the Holy Ghost. Now, you remember earlier I said that joy is a fruit of our human spirit. And joy has been imparted to us when we were born again. But I want to teach you something else here. We can not only glean joy from within us, but there's also joy that comes from the Holy Ghost and can come upon us and can surround us in our lives. We can be anointed with joy. Now, I want to point this out to you. Do you notice that it says joy in the Holy Ghost? Notice that it adds the phrase in the Holy Ghost because the scripture here, Paul was talking about a move of the Spirit. So not just something that's within, not just a fruit of your spirit, but now talking about another aspect of joy another part of joy it's that there's joy in the holy ghost joy in the holy ghost now you'll notice that there is a distinction between joy in the holy ghost and the fruit of your spirit being joy because joy from within it bubbles up out of your spirit because you are born again but you notice that joy in the holy ghost talking about a move of the Spirit, talking about the Spirit-filled life brings with it characteristics of joyfulness. Do you notice that the Scripture never says love in the Holy Ghost? Now, it does say in Romans chapter 5, verse 5, that the love of God has been shed in our heart by the Holy Ghost. But it doesn't say love in the Holy Ghost. There's no mention of peace in the Holy Ghost. But why? Because those are not moves of the Spirit. What Paul was talking about here, joy in the Holy Ghost, he was referring to teaching on a move of the Spirit, a manifestation of the Spirit. And there's a distinction between joy in the Holy Ghost and joy being a fruit of your Spirit. And yet these are both things that belong to the body of Christ. And we won't get into it too deeply today. But joy in the Holy Ghost is something that we ought to be practicing in our own personal lives and something we ought to be practicing in our services, church services and believers meetings. We ought to be full of joy and have joy in the Holy Ghost. Joy is revealed in word and deed. So what are the characteristics of joy? Well, 
joy in the Holy Ghost, the scripture talks about running, talks about dancing, talks about shouting, talks about singing, talks about laughing. These are all characteristics of joy in the Holy Ghost. And then these last days, the church is going to come back to a place of joy in the Holy Ghost. There's a reviving of joy in the Holy Ghost once again. There is a reviving and a returning to a wave of joy in the Holy Ghost coming to the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we need to understand these things and we need to be ready for these things. We need to hunger and desire the move of the Spirit. And when the move of the Spirit takes place, it brings with it joy. And there is a distinction between joy in the Holy Ghost and having joy from within. I can tell you from personal experience, experience that lines up with the Word of God, that when I got full of the joy of the Lord, when I got full of the Holy Ghost, I began to yield to the Spirit of God, yield to the Holy Ghost, and I began to dance and laugh and shout in the Spirit, and it was all anointed. I was anointed to do it. Why? And this is exactly right here what Paul was talking about. Joy in the Holy Ghost. Talking about a move of the Spirit. And so through joy, both joy in the Holy Ghost and joy from within, the fruit of our Spirit, we can come through every test and trial. We can overcome. And we've already been given the victory, but we can come over every single thing that tries to take us down, tries to hinder us, tries to stop us. We can have victory and and complete success and triumph in our lives in every single situation. I don't care how bad it seems or how bad it looks. The word always works. The word is always truth. And it always will cause us to triumph in life. Can you say amen? Guys, thanks for listening to the podcast Remember, you can follow the ministry on Facebook and YouTube. You can visit our website at stephenoverbaugh.com. And I'm excited for what the Lord has in store for us in these last days. So get ready for a move of God. Get ready for the, the manifestations of the Holy Ghost. And get ready to be used because the Lord has great and mighty things in store for us.